I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is The Rich Eisen Show. The pitch to Stanton. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. A Stantonian home run. What did I see wrong? He's at first base. The Rich Eisen Show. I'm ready. Let's go. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Coming up, Fox Sports Rules analyst Mike Pereira. University of Cincinnati wide receiver Alec Pierce. Plus, Yankees broadcaster Michael Kay. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. Mike Pereira is going to join us, the lead rules analyst. Words that never used to exist in the world of television sports. (laughs) Of NFL on Fox and college football on Fox. He's going to join us in the middle of this hour. I finally had enough of watching stuff this weekend and all the re-emphasis on taunting. As soon as, as soon, I'm telling you. As soon as Darren Waller spiked that football on Monday Night Football in the bench area of the Los Angeles Chargers and got flagged for taunting, even though he was just being what you like to see in the NFL, an enthusiastic, fired, fired up. up guy who was also pissed that he hadn't had the football all night. Trying to get his team. And so he's just trying to get his – that's right. Let's go. And it was definitely not the intent of the re-emphasis or the emphasis of the taunting rule to be applied penalty-wise. As soon as that happened, I texted him like, "Are you available to talk on this program? I gotta get. I mean, we gotta get. We gotta get this thing handled." And um, so today's that day, and in 20 minutes is that time on the show. I got a lot to talk with him about on this program. I don't want to interrupt. Yes, just I think you might be interested about this. Uh, Schefter Schefter just tweeted out two minutes ago that Bears head coach Matt Nagy announces that going forward. Can you guess who he named Chicago's? Hold on a second. Okay. Yeah, this is breaking. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. You're telling me Adam Schefter says, or or as Matt Nagy just right now, as a, just announced that so and so is the starter moving forward. Yes. QB one. I'm telling you, I I believe oh. in the power of people. Oh. Okay. Uh-oh. I believe Uh-oh. in the power of this microphone. Power of positivity. Oh. I believe. We like the new day here. I believe that me, either leading or echoing the chorus, to say that he understands that the quarterback that allows him the runway mm-hmm. to be the HC of the Chicago Bears for a long time to come, that the winning now means only so much, but the winning and growing that comes from naming this guy a quarterback now is what should be his decision. I believe he's named Justin Fields the starter of this team moving forward. Well, Rich, to complete the tweet, yes. Bears head coach Matt Nagy announces that going forward, Justin Fields is uh, Chicago's starting quarterback. I mean, bless you, Matt Nagy. <laughs> bless you. That has to be, I don't know what caused the epiphany to occur. I don't know if there was an eureka moment. Maybe he's looking at our YouTube page. I don't know page. if it's just like, it was just on a Tuesday 
He's sitting down with Justin Fields, and they're on the grease board. They're looking at film, and Justin said something he's been waiting for Justin to say, and it's Eureka! All of a sudden, the most famous bone bruise in the history of Chicago bone bruises doesn't matter anymore. And it's Justin Fields. Bless you, Matt Nagy. You made the right move. Now go coach him up. And go do whatever you need to do with your system, your belief in your system, whatever you think you know about your system and believe in your system. Take some of that and throw some of it out. And do for Justin Fields... What needs to be done for Justin Fields. And that's the way you coach the Bears for a long time. Because if this kid digs you and your voice and your belief system, that's the way you stay put. Because management is going to end up siding with the kid at some point because they've invested the draft capital and most importantly, the fans are into it. Because as long as he kept saying Andy Dalton's a starter, it basically told the fans of Chicago, I don't get you. And you know what? I don't care if I get you or not. Because you got to get me. I'm the coach here. That might not be his default, his mentality. That might not be his personality. But that's the that was the implication he was given. I hear you. I know you like Justin Fields, but guess what? You're getting Andy Dalton. I don't care. And all it takes is one diehard fan who shows up at a McCaskey dinner party to say to the owners, "What are you? What's your coach doing?" <laughs> and then Fields like lets it be known through somebody that winds up in the owner's ear saying, "Yeah, Justin is like wondering what's going on in that locker room." And then, poof, Matt Nagy's coordinating someone else's offense. The Justin Fields era is upon us. Dude, what do I mean, what do I what more can I say except RES Consulting for, is no, open for business. It's it just it's 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 part and parcel of hosting a show like this. Talk that talk, Rich. But that, what else you're a talk what that talk. else can I say? <laughs> but the words the four magical words of hosts of shows like this. I told you so. Say it with your chest, son. If say, this microphone could be lifted and dropped without breaking it, I would do it. I knew it. I knew when he named him the, the starter because Dalton was hurt. And I said he's going to get in and he's never going to be taken out. You can't take him out. No. I don't know what that whole business of, so if Andy Dalton's healthy, he's a starter. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and I heard that. I'm like, what? Good for you, Matt. Good for Justin. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that remains to be yeah, seen. That's true. That, that remains to be seen. That but, line. Yeah. But it is good to have a coach say, you're in. Go. You're sacked nine times and you come back and you win. That shows you he's not broken by nine sacks. He's actually made stronger by it. And it makes the Bears more must-see. It's just, uh, mm, I'm so happy for you Bears fans. And I'm happy for Fields. I'm happy for Nagy. Now he's got to coach him up because if he doesn't coach him up, then he's going to get God.
You know what? But I mean? at least you're not getting got because you didn't give the kid a chance after you drafted him. You know what's not happy though? It's going to be our YouTube page because we get so many views on our Justin Fields no, takes, it's great. and now he's got the job. It's so great. now we, you know, we got to move on to something else now. Breaking news! <laughs> Breaking news! Breaking news! Love it. Okay, so now then, let's uh, let's give a kid a, a thousand bucks and some glue. Let's do it. Let's do it. Our friends at Gorilla Glue, we love them. We love them, and I, I we had each other at hello. We had each other at hello. When we reached out and we're like, hey, we're interested in having a name, image, and likeness deal for college football players who aren't expecting the name, image, and likeness deal, who most likely don't have a likeness deal. We want to do that. Yeah, wet their beaks a little bit. <laughs> you know? Wet their beaks. Wet their beaks. Like Don Fanooch, right? Hey, he wants to wet his beak a little bit. That's it. Just give me a little. $1,000. Cash money. And... Some product. Everybody needs some glue, tape. You need products, right? Everybody's fragile now. Del Tufo wears free stuff all I mean, the time. I need products. And you, you, and you use the Gorilla Glue stuff here. My sneaker is fixed with the Gorilla Glue. Hey, I, I look at you. I saw him do it. saw me do it. I saw him do it. And so if you've got a good story and you're a good kid and you're balling out and you're doing the tough jobs because that's what Gorilla Glue does, if you're doing the tough jobs, you're going to hear from us, especially if you beat Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, you know, we're not reaching out to the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bearcats because I think he's uh, all copacetic in the NIL yeah, world, okay? He's good. But his wide receiver, Alec Pierce, kid from Illinois, senior, nine catches, a buck 50 coming into this season, coming off of an injury March season last year. Nine catches, 150 yards. On the season, six for 144 in Notre Dame. And that's the way you get the glow. He leads the team in receptions, receiving yards, yards per catch. This is after he led the team in receiving yards as a sophomore in 2019. Last year injured. Now he's back. And he's a factor. And he is the Rich Eisen Show Gorilla Glue, toughest player on planet Earth for this week. Is he on the phone? Yes, he is on the phone, Rich. And here he is. Six receptions, 144 yards against Notre Dame for... The University of Cincinnati Bearcats, who are still undefeated and are flat out in the mix for a playoff spot in college football this year. Your Rich Eisen Show, Gorilla Glue, toughest player on planet Earth for this week. Round of applause for Alec Pierce, everybody. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. How are you, Alec? Good. How are you, Rich? Congratulations, sir. Congratulations on everything. What was Thank that? You. What was that like for a kid? Because you're from Illinois, right? You're an Illinois kid. Your parents went to yeah. Northwestern. Correct. Yep. Okay. Suburbs, Glen Allen. Okay. Um, so, what's it yeah, like to go into South Bend and play a football game and come out with a W like that? Whole country watching. It was, it was awesome. I mean, I, I'd actually never been there before, so it was a cool experience to uh, be on campus and see, you know, the, the stadium and all the tradition and history there. So, it was it was a great atmosphere to play in, and it was a fun one. And sure. then, and then for the, you know, you're fine in the ball. Ball's fine in you. You had nine catches for a buck fifty, and the game's coming in, and then six for one forty four. What happened on Saturday for you, Alec? Um, I think it just, you know, uh, our quarterback, I think Dez, just likes to play the hot hand. You know, what he hit me a couple times early, and I think he just stuck with, with what was working. So, uh, and then the coaches believed in me and gave me. They were calling a lot of plays for me, uh, a lot of downfield opportunities. So. That always helps, too. Okay, and then in the middle of the game, you realize that I'm having one of the games of my life. Did that kind of dawn on you in the middle of all this for you? Um, 
I I think it was kind of sneaked up on me a little bit. I I didn't really realize the you know the numbers of it, but I was just trying to you know make make plays downfield when my name was called. So. And so last year you were you were hurt, correct? You were not able to play a full year last year, right? Correct. For you? Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. what what does that mean for you this past week, where you, this is kind of a comeback for you, Alan? Um, it was just you know last year I learned a lot. It kind of gave me perspective. Uh, I missed playing a lot. You know, playing being on the sideline and watching your teammates play and cheering them on is it's it's tough. Uh, sitting out all those practices and just watching from the sideline. So it really had me motivated this year to get back and be ready to play. Um, and it's just I'm grateful that I'm healthy and I'm, you know, just taking every day, taking advantage of it. Um, so, I, you know, it's kind of fitting you use the word tough because this, you know, this NIL deal that we're giving you through Gorilla Glue here on the Rich Johnson Show is toughest player on planet Earth for this week and what a tough assignment it was for you to go into Notre Dame. How tough is it to hear – yeah, but you're Cincinnati. Yeah, but, you know, there's a an SEC team that can finish in second place. But, yeah, but if you're undefeated in the Big 12, you get to go. There's a lot of yeah, buts for Cincinnati. How tough is that for you and your teammates to hear that sort of stuff? Um, I Personally, I try not to pay too much mind to it. But hopefully, um, I think we saw, we saw with the AP poll, we moved up a little bit this week and – um, the re- the real question will be though the college football committee. I know in the past it had it had differed a little bit than the AP poll, so I'm not sure when that comes out. I know it comes out kind of towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, but that will that'll be kind of the tell telltale. See if we um, see. Hopefully, we open the, some eyes for them too. Right. I mean, is your what does your coach say? Does does uh, does Fickle ever mention you know hey let's keep proving it to people who don't believe in us? That does he play that card with you guys? In Cincinnati, uh, he Coach Fickle likes to not really pay much attention to that stuff. I know he doesn't. He doesn't like to feel. Um, I don't think he likes, likes to feel like complacent and like you know feel like happy from seeing like, that we're fifth in the country. So he he tends to stay away from anything. Oh, okay, all right. So what was it like in the locker room to win in Notre Dame, to win in that place was, with all the echoes? It was awesome. It was electric. They had music playing, people dancing. It was a good time. Okay. Have you ever seen Rudy? Alec, you ever seen that movie, Rudy? I actually have not, no. Good for you, Alec. You don't need to see that. <laughs> Honestly. Have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? You ever seen that movie, Lord of the Rings? You ever seen that? any Star Wars yeah, movies? I think, okay. I think I've seen that. All right, that, that's more real than Rudy, okay? That's <laughs> yeah. basically what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Forget it. I'm a Michigan yeah. guy. So you yeah. know you know this whole business uh, very well, playing football in the state of Ohio. I'm a Michigan guy. So anybody okay. that beats Notre Dame and hands it to Notre Dame like that has a great chance at this NIL glue deal. So, yeah. you know. Awesome. You, you know what? So... Congratulations on that. What what uh, needs fixing in your world that you could use the Gorilla Glue for, Alec? Anything in your life that needs uh, fixing? I'm not. I'm not really sure. I mean, come on, something needs. Sure, fixing. I could use it. Use it around the house. You know, I think I broke the little bit of my door the other day. Can maybe fix that. Okay, broke your door, yeah. so you you're, you can fix your door, um, and then you get this whole nil deal. So. You know, and when you get the glue, if you want to take a picture of you fixing your door, normally that's not, you know, what would consider social media content. But now that Instagram's back up, let's use it. So let's go ahead and do that, okay? All right, sounds good. Congratulations on the deal, Alec, and congratulations on uh, on on the win against Notre Dame. All right, thank you. You got it. That's Alec Pierce, this week's toughest player on planet Earth from Gorilla Glue. Yeah. 
And this award is brought to you by Gorilla Glue, makers of high-quality adhesives and tapes. Much like the players that this award recognizes, Gorilla brings toughness and strength to even the most difficult household projects and repairs. Gorilla Glue, for the toughest jobs on planet Earth. Mike Pereira could win the glue back in the day because it's not an easy job being the head of NFL refs at all. The Fox Rules analyst will put him on the griddle when we come back. And Stephon Gilmore has been traded. Oh, yeah, that's next. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH-NUMBER. Now, before we get to Mike Pereira, this team is aggressive. I like how aggressive they're being. Stephon Gilmore's out there. As Ian Rappaport said in the first hour, he was not released yet by New England. They let it be known that he's out there. Who wants him right now? Who wants him Who wants him for whatever you want to give us? It's what it seems like based on what the, this team gave up. So you don't have to fight for him uh, as a free agent when we release him. Well, the Carolina Panthers, J.C. Horn goes down and they trade for C.J. Henderson from uh, Jacksonville a couple weeks ago and they're not done. They flipped a 2023 sixth rounder. Not even next year. Two years from now. This is like an NBA trade. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 2023 sixth round pick to the Patriots for the former Mr. Football in South Carolina. Wow. So welcome back to the Carolinas. Stephon Gilmore. Here we go. Oh, baby. Aggressive. I like what the Carolina Panthers are doing Offensively, they made that move. Let's go. Let's go get Sam Darnold. Let's make. Let's make that work. Let's go. J.C. Horn goes down. We'll get C.J. Henderson. We're not done. It's like that. It's like that drop. You need one more. <laughs> you know, we'll get one more. They probably looked around. 
you know, do we need another cornerback? We got one. You need, need one? one more. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll get one more. There you go. Ocean's <laughs> eleven. They're they're their team. That's that's their eleven. I love it. Well done, Ooh. Carolina Panthers. Let's see what happens now. Yeah, I'm glad we got our yeah, game out yeah, of there. You're, 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 you're <laughs> You got to be sitting here thinking we're going against we're going against the the Bucks mm-hmm. Evans Godwin. What do we got to get? Corners, back end help, so we Brown. can get home on Brady. Let's go, Brown, Antonio Brown. We got to go. Love it. Speaking of got to go, he's on the phone right now. I greatly appreciate it. My old friend from back in the day when I was on Total Access and he was an NFL uh, official, top zebra in all the land, the, the uh, former head of NFL refs, now Fox Rules analyst Mike Pereira. How are you, Mike? You know, I'm good. I sent out a tweet this morning, and I said, I'm going on Rich Eisen's show. And I said, he wants me on, so he must have a rule proposal. Ah. Um, He always has interesting questions, but there must be a rule proposal in the back of his mind. Well, here's what I – it's not really – well, there is, obviously. But uh, it's not exactly a rules proposal. It's It's a proposal to try and fix everything at once. How does that sound? What do you think? I like that. But then if I if you fixed everything if, all at once, <laughs> I don't think I'd have a job. I don't, I don't want to do that. I like my job. Don't 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 make me unemployed, Rich, okay. please. But nope. go ahead. Let's hear it. Understood and appreciated. Okay. So let's start um let's start with targeting. Because it in, 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 it, it's in college football and we see it, you know, uh, in the NFL on occasion, but uh, it's not nearly as stringent in, in the NFL as it is clearly in college. Why is targeting so difficult to be officiated consistently across the board, conference to conference, game to game, Mike Pereira? Well, I mean, I think that may be one of the best questions you've ever asked. Ah, because, thank you. Because it isn't consistent conference um, by conference. And, and – and really, it's hard because there is a gray area. And any, anything that has a gray area becomes difficult because it, it heads into that area of judgment. And, you know, targeting started out more black and white than it is now because, you know, it was just um, lower your head and hit with the crown. The crown being defined as anything above the face mask, 360 degrees around the helmet, uh, that was more black and white. But it was too punitive because... You got you got players ejected when you know the action really wasn't flagrant enough and sometimes wasn't even intentional, and so there was an uproar because and there should have been because you're taking young men and you're getting them thrown out of games and if it's in the second half of a game then he can't play in the first half of the next game, and and I for one agreed that it was too punitive and so really what they've done is kind of backed off a bit. Um, in a couple of ways. First, they said, okay, you have to confirm all elements of it. You know, there has to be the attacking motion and uh, there, or a launch to go along with helmet contact. And, and that was all good, um, and it helped to a degree. But now they've even gone a bit further where they say, okay, now the crown, I know what the definition is, it's above that face mask. The face mask, just above the face mask, that's 300. I know what that is, but now they said, okay, let's make the crown the crown, the tip, the top of the helmet, not the side, um, which used to be part of the crown. And so now they're almost really working to circumvent the rule to make it 
to make there be less calls. <laughs> and when you do that, then it's become more of a gray area type of call. And until we get a national body, that's it, which I think we're headed to get. We are. You know, yeah, I, I do think we're headed to get that. We may see it as early as the CFP, the, the playoffs this year, where one body, a body of people who are so-called experts, will make all the decisions when it comes to targeting in all the playoff games. It won't be an ACC replay crew here. It won't be an SEC here. Um, it won't be a Pac-12, of course, because they won't have a team in it. But, um, <laughs> you, you know, it's going to be wow. – I, I believe they'll do it this year. There'll be a national body somewhere located on the East Coast that will make all of the targeting decisions. And we may get to the point, Rich, where there'll be a central location that will work during the regular season of college football, at least in the Power Five conferences – to make those decisions. And if you do that, then to me, it will be more consistent. No question about it. All right. So two things. First one, uh, was that a dog I heard in the background? Mike, is it? Is that yes, it was. Okay, I'm, please. I'm up in Oregon. No, that's no, okay. Uh, please tell me your, your, your dog's name is Tuck. So anytime that you no, have. No, my dog, this dog's name please. is not Tuck. <laughs> I will tell you, this is please. my friend, Roger Ruth, and my producer that yes. lives up here. And his first, Two doggies that he had up here. Yeah. Um, were Tuck and Rule? Was that what it was? No. No, it was. It was. Do you really want to know what their names were? Dez and he caught it. That sort of no. thing. Or okay. No, what, 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 okay. He caught it. What? What? Are, what no. are the, okay. What are the names of the dogs? Uh, it was Sarah and Palin. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could see the you could see Russia from their doghouse is what you're saying. Yes, you can. Okay, very good. All right, and so the follow up here is like. By the so, way, Sarah passed. No, Palin is still with us. Okay, so. well, I'm knocking on wood for for Palin. Um, so, who's in charge of this this CFP? Um, are they really going to just start something new for the most important games of the of the season? Is that well, really? They've experimented already. Okay. Uh, they did experiment. They experimented in um, maybe week one, was it? I believe it was not week zero. It was actually week one of the uh, of the college season. They experimented with a couple of different games mm-hmm. with this replay center that they set up in Pittsburgh. And so they ran a test there to see how it would work. Now, you, you can't – I don't – think they they won't be prepared i don't think and and this is by the way it's not for sure but it's a pretty strong possibility but they 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 won't be ready to handle like all the bowl games Mm -hmm. but they might in the future and um and possibly when you do that then you think okay okay we go cfp playoffs and then next year maybe we go the 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 the, all the bowl games and the next year maybe the championship games of each of the conferences um i think it will you know, it will kind of trickle down to effect where they'll be more involved. I, I think it's needed. I mean, and and I think it's a wise idea. And the right people are involved. Steve Shaw, who is the um, basically the national coordinator of uh, of officiating for NCAA football. Um, you know, Dean Blandino has had a hand in it because he does also work with the NCAA in replay, mm-hmm. um, and he was on site in Pittsburgh. So. Uh, I, I think it's it's a step that needs needs to be taken because there there just is too much inconsistency and 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 I, I mean I thought I had it down this year I don't in targeting I don't have it down I think I knew targeting 
you know, when I saw targeting. And this year, I don't know targeting when I see targeting, what I think is targeting. So it, it's kind of gotten, as I said, back a little more gray. But the powers to be recognize it. And I do think we'll see a marked improvement as early as the CFP this year. Fox Sports rules analyst Mike Pereira, former head of NFL refs here on the Rich Eisen Show. Mike, and you just said, you know, targeting, you, you don't know what it is anymore sometimes because you think you see it and you don't, and you don't see it and somebody else does, and it's too arbitrary again that they've lost the plot, essentially, uh, certainly at the collegiate level. And I think that that's what's happening right now personally with, ta- uh, with taunting and the emphasis on the taunting rule in the NFL, Mike, is that we've applied the sense of targeting to celebrations. You're targeting your celebration at someone and that it's an interpretive uh, flag. I'm interpreting that you're targeting someone, your celebration, like, say, Darren Waller, who spikes a ball in the, in the uh, bench area on Monday Night Football, even though that's the rule, you can't spike it in a bench area. It wasn't at anybody. That was just him being all fired up that he was actually targeted by his quarterback for the first time all night. And I think we've lost the plot. What do you say about this? Mike? Well, I, I think that we're where targeting was at the beginning, where everything was targeting. And I think that's where we are a bit, although I think it's an over-exaggeration in that pretty much everything is taunting. Um, you know, you know. I think we're making a little bit too big of a deal out of it when you think of in week one there were three calls, and week two a spike, there was 11. In week three there was two. And I'm not sure many how many there were in week three, but I know the one on Waller was one that, you know, to me was an overreaction by the official. Um, you know, he, he turned away he turned away and spiked the ball. And so uh, I, I just think that was not one that the league would want called. Look, um, you, you know, I am one to agree that taunting has got out of hand. And, and, and when I say out of hand, what, when taunting gets out of hand, what is it? I mean, it's the fact that games get out of control. And if you look at the last few years, most of the games got so chippy. And when you when they get chippy, they're so hard to control from an officiating standpoint. And I know that the league has said that these coaches are the ones that, you know, said we have to get rid of it. And that is true. But then the officiating department jumped on it, too, because they have had problems in the past few years controlling games. And, you know, I look at the league and say, let's go back to my day when I was in the league. And what was I was the president of the No Fun League. <laughs> um, I was the one that took away celebrations. I remember that, Mike. Go to the ground. And guys like Rich Eisen were saying, what are you doing? Correct. And um, right. you're taking the fun out of the game. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I don't care, but I think it provokes ill will. Well, the league is backed off, and now you can practically do anything when it comes to celebration. Um, and And so I think that's fine. Celebrate. Do what you want. You know, do cartwheels, lay on the ground, do anything you want to do that's not, you know, sexually suggestive, I guess, is the is the only one that you, you got to stay away from. But, you know, the league is saying, hey, we, you, we, you're allowed to do this. Let's not just do it at an opponent. Let's not get in his face and taunt him after you've made a great play, because it does lead to the BS that goes on after that. And and um, I, I, I just think we're making too big of a deal out of it right now because there are so few calls. This is not like an emphasis on offensive holding that created a massive amount of holding penalties a year ago. Um, this is 
simply an emphasis, not a new rule on showing up your opponent, um, celebrate, don't taunt. And, and if, if we had, if we were having 40 in a game, then I would say, yeah, we got a problem. But when, when you're looking at 311, 14, 16, maybe 18 calls in four weeks, I hardly think it's a, a pandemic, so to speak. Well, um, and well, so I, I just, and, but then again, the ones that, I mean, several that I have seen called, I mean, I'm, I'm saying, this isn't the intent of this. The intent was the prolonged into your face, not correct. this quick turnaround look at a guy. So let's let's understand that this is not what we really are looking for. Um, and and I I think it's already begun to show that it's it's already eased off from just a very few to hardly any. And I understand it's a gateway celebration, right? A taunt is a gateway celebration, gateway to, to chippiness, and nobody wants Josh Norman and Odell Beckham anymore. Nobody, right. I, I get it. I, everyone understands it. But these are 15-yarders, Mike. These are game changers. These are these are drive stoppers. These are game changers, and they're unnecessary. You know what I mean? Like, And, and it gives the impression to fans that, like, you know, where it's just, why don't you make sure that the hold is proper and that the illegal contact is called or not called properly? Instead, you're like, you know, plays over and you're and you're throwing flags just for what? Like to, to show that you're the you're in charge. You know what I mean? It only serves to piss off players and fans when it gets yeah. when it gets missed. Mike. Well, you don't tell me you don't tell me that. Fans aren't pissed off when you miss pass interference. No, I understand that. Of course. In the Chiefs game or in the Minnesota uh, game uh, that uh, they just had against Cleveland. I mean, fans get pissed off at everything, Um, you know. And and I I get that they're pissed off. But those are football acts. I get that also. And this this isn't. But I I do, you know, just remember my past history. I was president of the No Fun League. I remember. I, I I do think there is a bit of decorum that has to be in the game, and I don't think you should necessarily reflect um, poor sportsmanship by getting in somebody's face um, when you have college and high school kids that uh, that watch these games and emulate their idols, and then it always trickles down to the lower elements of the to the lower levels of the game, and so. Um, and, and again, Rich, if we were having a ton of these, I would say we may have an issue and more of a talking point here. But it's 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 to me, it's there's not that many. The initial um, reaction in week two, when they didn't call a couple in week one, and they were told, then the reaction was, okay, well, we got the word, we got to call these, and then they overreacted, and then they settled back down. And I just don't think that it's going to be something, it's always the same. We talk about something and a point of emphasis for the first four weeks, and then basically we're not talking about it in week 11. And okay. I think that's going to be the same with the taunt. I hope so. Last one for you on this one, and then we'll, 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 we'll end with the, uh, the universal fix. Um, that I remember when the celebrations in the end zone and everywhere else were outlawed and i remember it was the owners meeting the uh, membership meeting in tampa florida and i remember going up to you in the lobby i remember exactly where i saw you and i told you that this is a big mistake and i remember the look you gave me and you always would give me this look and the look was interpretive it's like rich i get so much from the commissioner and the owners and the coaches i don't need it from you literally is like kind of like the look that you gave me and you're laughing because you i know that you know that look and and you told me you told me that there were letters from coaches at the high school and Pop Warner level asking the NFL, please do something because the kids are doing it. 
And you right. said that that's part of the reason why we're doing this. Do you think, do you know, was that the same thing with the taunting? Like, where did this come from? The taunting emphasis, um, Mike, where did it come well, from? Well, I, I honestly don't know where it originated. You know, they're saying that the coaches subcommittee, which, uh, you know, they've listed the names, Tomlin and, and, and a lot of the other coaches, um, you know, Harbaugh, that it came from them. I don't know exactly where it came from, um, but but I do know that there's been kind of a groundswell with um, the feeling within the league that it had gotten out of hand. And, and, I, and I'm sure that the officiating department had a, a part of this. But then it goes to the nine-member competition committee. And, and I, you know, obviously it's a different committee with the exception of some back in my day. I mean, John Mara and Rich McKay are still involved. And, and, and there wasn't a lot of stomach even for it back then, but then it was more celebration than taunting. But um, I, I, I can't say where it came from. They say that it came from the coaches subcommittee. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I believe that. But, um, you know, I, I don't know how many letters that come from, you know, high school coaches, but I do know this, that they do work with the college conferences and um, and they they have joint uh, meetings together, their rules committees meet together. And and I, I know college has always been sensitive to the fact that the NFL allows so much more in unsportsmanlike conduct. My God, God forbid if we got to the college game where if you – the high stepped into the end zone from the five yard line. If you high stepped into the end zone out in front of somebody, you would be penalized for that from the spot of the foul, the five yard line, and they take away the score. So it's not nearly as dramatic as, as, as at the lower levels, but I'm sure that they had some input in that too. when they discussed this and they bet these points of emphasis with, with uh, all these different committees. And, and um, I, I don't know, again, I'm hopeful at least that, when you call me in week eleven, okay. you're going to be talking about um, you're going to be talking about. Uh, let's see, it'll be about the difference between illegal contact okay. and and defensive holding, and why the hell in a third mm. and twenty seven is it an automatic first down? That's okay, ludicrous. I will make a note of that for our week eleven chat. Uh, last one for you, Mike. Uh, Mike Prayer, NFL on Fox Rules analyst here on the Rich Eyes Show, former head of NFL refs. Uh, there was a play also in Monday Night Football where uh, Hunter Renfro was taken down by the front, by his breastplate in the front, which is not a horse collar because it wasn't from the back. Uh, it was from the front, and it looked like maybe the guy grabbed his face mask and a face mask penalty was called on review. You're looking at it. He didn't even come close to the face mask, okay? Why can't 345 Park buzz in and say you got that wrong? Pick up the flag. It, what, 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 what is Hawkeye? You're hearing about Hawkeye fans. You're hearing about Hawkeye. What, what, is, what is happening? And why can't, why can't the, the central NFL say, we're seeing it's terribly wrong. You're so wrong on this sort of stuff. Why can't we do this? Hawkeye because the NFL 345 is a mass unit. Maybe that's know. what it is. Could be that, um, Pierce. Could be that. Somebody from Iowa. I don't know. I don't get it. But it's okay. You, you know, Listen, they're taking steps. Now, first of all, I thought that was a foul. You, <laughs> you did. Know, that was from the front. It was a breastplate. No, it was the side. It was the side. It wasn't the back. It was the side. And you can't grab inside the collar. But they the didn't call that. Holder. They called and face they mask. Call that. They called the face mask. So I think it was a foul for another reason. But, um, you know, listen, what are we doing? We're talking about the sky judge. We're back to that conversation. Yes, that's Did it. You get the fix-all guy, which... You, which you and I, we have been a proponent of. Mm-hmm. And I think it would work, and I think it's the most dramatic step that would be 
taken in the history of officiating that could change things to a far greater degree than any point of emphasis or any rule change. Um, if you want to go that step, we have said, you've agreed, put an eighth official in a booth, give them the TV monitors, and go. let them take a look, and, and, and let them correct some things. So the league said, no, we don't want that. But we'll, we'll let the replay guy, we'll call him the video assistant, and we'll let him make some decisions. And we'll make him, let him make some decisions in real time. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, we've had several plays already this year where there's a sideline catch and, and the officials come together and they're like talking and the video assistant slash replay official sees that it was clearly incomplete and they've called it complete. He just says it's com- incomplete. It's incomplete. I got the shot. So they make the change. Boom. Right then they make the change. Um, yeah, nope. A guy that's, that's and we don't know, down. and we at home have no idea that somebody got in we somebody's have ear. No idea. We have no idea. It's it's it, it's called video assistance, and so they're getting the calls right, right, um, without stopping the game and having a challenge to be made or something like that. It's going to save time. Then it's going to correct some errors. Not that's not called our favorite sky judge. But he's doing somewhat the same, right? And then now it involves lines, ground, and planes. So it's not to the area yet where it involves personal fouls, like hits on quarterbacks, which to me are up a little bit this year. And I think the needle has gotten kind of a little too far in protection. But it's not in those areas yet. And then they have what's called an expedited review, which is another use, I think, of replay in a good way. So the expedited review is if they see a play and there is a play where the call on the field is wrong and that let's say it was a turnover. So it's the responsibility of replay and they see it. They just go, they just announce um, after review, the, the ruling on the field is the runners down at the one. What? After review, you never went to the sideline. You never looked at the monitor. So an expedited review. So instead of taking that horrendous two and a half to three minutes, which allows me time to go on the air, they've cut me off from <laughs> doing these expedited reviews. It is a game. And, and so yes. it's like, so, yes. so that's progress. That's progress in my mind. Um, and, and, you know, and, and under Walt Anderson and Perry Fuel, I, I think it's working. And so they're finding that they can, Take steps in real time to make some corrections off, off, you know, on the field. So, will that expand? Well, let's look at history. In 1999, we brought replay in, and it was just about ground lines and playing. But now it's in judgment calls. And did he have the ball long enough? And right. Was it recovered in the continuing action? Um, they'll they'll grow with this, and and maybe that growth, that video assistance will become that, God forbid, that that sky judge who can be involved in all the decisions. So I, I applaud the league for at least taking this first step on the way to satisfying Rich Eisen <laughs> and even the former vice president, no, the former president of the No Fun League. That's it, uh, Mike, Mike Carrera. Carrera. Very good. And, and speaking of just growth, Mike, you saying, you know, hey, something that's been advanced in the NFL that causes you to have less uh, uh, screen time, that's that's also growth, I think, from you. 
Well done. It's growth. It's I'll growth. do more fishing. I won't be on the air. <laughs> uh, I assume you're heading to Seattle for Thursday night, the first uh, triple I cast am. game of the year. Okay. I, I look forward I to it. Definitely what a am. game that's going to be tomorrow night. Oh, my gosh. I can't yeah, wait. it's going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to that. And then I'll shoot over to Dallas and see the Dallas and, and the Giants play on Sunday. Fantastic. I look forward to hearing you. Uh, I always love watching you and just uh, chatting with you. Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate it. You got it, my friend. Take care. That uh, is Mike Pereira, Fox Sports NFL rules analyst former VP of officiating and former president of the No Fun League right here on The Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> love talking to Mike, man. And I love talking to you, 844-204-RICH. A lot of folks have been on hold. We'll take your calls. Matt Nagy has spoken. Justin Fields, the new QB1, has spoken. Urban Meyer spoke today, all that. And Michael Kay still to come to talk about some wild card action. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Michael K is going to be joining us shortly, the voice of the Yankees. He's all over the uh, New York sports scene every day with his highly popular television show. Gabe in San Antonio, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Gabe? Hey, what's going on, Rich? What's going on, Gabe? Uh, not much. Uh, TJ Del Tufo. Hey, Gabe. What's what up, Gabe? Uh, shout out to Brockman. Hope Cage feels better. Yeah, us too. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, well, I guess I have to say the Carolina Panthers kind of ruined what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> oh, so you were on so hold it dated your material? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Totally Sorry. Stole it. <laughs> so what were you? What were you? What were you gonna say? How about let's go there? So you wanted Gilmore yeah, to your I was team? Gonna say uh, where are the chances of the Green Bay Packers oh, taking boy. Stephon Gilmore? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's a good question because... There's a lot of talk on Twitter about that this morning. Everybody's going to be like, why not? Because especially since, I mean, our boy Brockman, and thanks for the call, Gabe, our boy Brockman tweeting, he's 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 staying... Look, his his kid is not feeling great, but daddy can still check out what's going on at work and what's going on in the sports world. And he tweeted out, like, you know, the, the Patriots gave... It's like they gave away Gilmore for free. Well, they were about to. Yeah. They were going to cut him. 
They're going to cut him, and they're going to give him away for free. You might as well get a 2023 sixth-round draft choice because those can turn into generationally talented dynasty uh, sparking players. Six-round picks in New England, as you know. So um, it's, sophomore it's, better, than, it's right now. better than zero. It's better than nothing. Yeah. And you're going to hear all these, but, well, why not us? Why not us? Why not us? I mean, it's all the Kansas City Chiefs are think, fans are thinking, our defense, we could use Gilmore. We could use Jalen Smith. Might not be the scheme fit you're looking for or cat fit that you might be looking for. Got to so, give it up to Carolina, man. They, yeah. they, they're aggressive. They're like, we're they three it. and one. We've got the young kid at quarterback right now. We're feeling good. We've got ourselves a team. We want a J.C. Horn. And guess what? Week nine, guess, uh, guess who's playing each other? The Carolina Patriots and New England. Patriots. Oh, interesting. I don't know if it's going to be that big of a game as, say, Brady back at Gillette. Definitely not. <laughs> Happy so, Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore, happy Gilmore. He doesn't play football. He destroys it. That's from the Panthers' Twitter site. Well done. I always wonder that about football, Rich, when you see these players get traded for draft picks like that. It's like, why didn't my team do that? Maybe so. You know? Hey, Michael K is going to be joining. Why didn't my team do that? As in, win a wild card game. <laughs> Jeez. Michael K, voice of the Yankees, coming up next on The Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> 